commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Welcome to what I'm calling the eighth edition of the BOA Coronavirus Special Report with Dr. Tyler Cokejohn. It is May 8th, ironically enough, maybe it was in the cards. Uh, For the folks who are listening, who are weekly listeners, who don't tune in live and are wondering where we were last week, um, I messed up when I was scheduling the episode, uh, blog talk, the antiquated blog talk radio. Uh, when you set up an episode, you have the option of choosing how long it is. For reasons that escape me, one of the, the first options, the drop-down menu, the first option is 15 minutes. So in my haste to schedule the show last Friday afternoon, uh, I neglected to adjust the drop-down menu and then the British lady, for those of us who know Blog Talk, popped on 15 minutes into the show and just essentially dropped a grenade on the proceedings to tell us the show would be over. And then it turned into me in a mad dash scramble to try and figure out how to fix the mistake, and we couldn't fix it. So uh, and then Blog Talk wouldn't let me do another show. And then at that point, I was kind of like, ah, oh, fuck it. So here we here we are. We're back. <laughs> This week, and it's good because, uh, Tyler, you know, say something so folks <laughs> know that you're around. So, Tyler, uh, thanks for thanks for your patience last week, and thanks for, uh, you know, continuing the ride this week, brother. Oh, yeah, no problem. Uh, I would like to know who the British lady is, though, so we can make oh, sure. Oh, you can't hear her? Do you, know, do you know what I'm talking about? No, no. I heard Oh, I heard okay. Exactly Only I can hear about. Sometimes... Yeah, if I patch people in through my phone, you can hear her. It's like she comes on when the show's about to end and says, uh, you know, uh, 30 seconds, 10 seconds counts you down. <laughs> she like, yeah. so last week, so, okay, so that makes more sense. Because, like, yeah, last week, you know, we were in the middle of talking, and all of a sudden this British lady comes on in the middle of our conversation, and she's like, your show will end in one minute. And I'm like, what the, what, what? You know, so that was great chaos, so. <laughs> But in a sense, it's yeah, kind of okay. good. I mean, I felt kind of run down last week on all this stuff. I was saying uh, to we'll rehash it a little bit because folks didn't tune in to uh, – they couldn't tune in. I didn't put it on the podcast. If you're, uh, uh, you know, an obsessive, you can go check out the the lost eighth edition of the special report that didn't get uh, put up on the podcast because at that point I was like, well, I don't want to count this as the eighth. So, um, 
We'll just call it a lost episode, a lost 15-minute episode. But uh, anyway, the point being uh, is that last week I was kind of lamenting, and I give folks a heads up, you know, we're probably going to wind this show down, the the coronavirus special report. We're probably going to wind this down, although we'll kind of get into this later. It feels like we're on the precipice of something really bad about, about to happen before the end of the month. But but uh, last week, at least, the, the consideration was that we're probably going to wind this one down and then maybe come back with periodic, maybe monthly updates on what's going on rather than a weekly thing. Um, because sort of the newness, no pun intended, because it's the noble, uh, novel coronavirus, but the newness of all this is gone. Now we're in the shit. We're dealing with the – just dealing with it. Uh, at first, it was like, what the hell's going on here? So the, the first month or so of this show was, what the hell's going on here? And then, how, what are we going to do about this? And now we're kind of in the, we're doing this part. And I'm not a fan of the what we're go, what's going on in the, we're doing this part. But we'll get into that um, later on. But now it's kind of the the drudgery of this crisis, in a sense. Um, and, uh, and, it, and it's edging more and more into, like, politics and... I'm getting, you know, people want to hear more paranormal, so I, I, uh, I'm going to start sprinkling in some paranormal stuff and maybe tamp down a little bit on the uh, coronavirus special reports, um, you know, because I don't, this thing like could drag on for like two years at least, so, so you know, neither Tyler nor I want to do a two-year-long podcast chronicling this, um, so. I feel like at some point, well, I'll know when the time is right. But the, we, were, we talked about all this last week on the Lost episode. And um, in a sense, it was like, oh, there's nothing to talk about this week. That was kind of what I was saying. Well, this week we have a lot to talk about. So I guess because we skipped a week um, and there's a lot of craziness going on. So I guess, let me see, Tyler, first we'll... We'll do as is the uh, macabre tradition. We'll do the numbers here. So here, uh, as of May 8th, 2020, here in the United States, we now have uh, 1.3 million coronavirus cases. And to drive that point home, uh, when we started this show, there were 1,000 cases. So it was actually like 1,600, and the current number is 1,321,000. Thousand seven hundred and seven. So you can almost do the math very easily. Uh, in the eight weeks since we started this, one a million three hundred and twenty cases have been have been found. And I don't have the number in front of me from when we started. I'm guessing it was under a hundred. To be honest, I think it was like around a hundred uh, deaths. And tonight we stand at seventy-eight thousand six hundred and ten unfortunate souls. Uh, who we've lost to this to this disease. So, um, and that's 78 going up. I mean, I think I saw somebody speculate that we get to 100,000 over the weekend. I doubt that, but we might be we might be sitting here next week, uh, and that'll be the number. So it's uh, we're, we're getting. You know, when this started, it was like there was sort of like a window of different numbers where it could be this or it could be that. Uh, you know, we're we're not like. We're not like in worst case scenario, but we're certainly not in the fucking best case scenario either. Um, we're we're somewhere in the middle, and the long, you know I don't I'm concerned about how things are developing, and uh, that we're going to move further and further closer to worst case scenario than away you know than closer to best case scenario. But uh, any thoughts on these numbers, Tyler? 
Yeah, I uh, I think uh, we will be uh, blowing past 100,000 by June. We'll see how how close I am on that. Um, yeah. But the uh, the numbers are actually expected to accelerate uh, because right. they, they lag. You know, we we always know that they lag. Uh, we're into this months into this months into this, and we still don't have a clear picture of where we are. One of the, the factors that's confounding us when we talk about total case numbers or regional case numbers is the, is the idea that we don't have enough testing yet and we're adding more tests in there. And as you do that, you always get more positives. The more testing you do, right. the more that you find. We're still not quite clear on the picture. But I think the, the thing that you said uh, as you're starting out is, is actually where a lot of people are and that we're we're ready for this to be done. And as you pointed out, we're nowhere near done with this. I mean, we, we yeah. want to open up. We are going to open up. Uh, that's going to create its own uh, sets of problems that will be specific to each region, not, you know, not the nation, but each region. And this is going to, this is going to be a very, very long and tortuous process. The, the thing that worries mm-hmm. me personally is, if we see surges in, in total case numbers, uh, <clears throat> hopefully not deaths, but if that's the indicator we're forced to use, okay. Uh, if we see surges, are we going to be able to reapply the stay-at-home rules? And I don't think so. I think everybody's no, I don't operating so. like – well, you know, I, I just get the impression – That horse is out of the barn, that, as my Mima would say. Yeah, and you know, and so okay, yeah, we've done a great job, and okay, time to go back to work, and, and yes, we do need to go back to work, but wow, Tim, this this could end up being very costly in in the long run, and we could end up with uh, neither a success against the virus nor an economic recovery that we we hope for. So, right, uh, very very unsettled times. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate, man, because. Uh... I was I was feeling way more optimistic like a couple of weeks ago and today I'm feeling way more pessimistic. Um I think like uh a lot of people this has been said by a lot of people uh I'm sure somebody said it first online on on Twitter but it's like it's as if the American people were like oh we're bored now with coronavirus so enough of this and 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 it would just go away. And the uh, you know, folks know how I feel about the president. I'm not even going to get into the president. I'm just talking about the federal government. The federal government response right now seems to be along, along those lines, which is we're not we're moving on from coronavirus. Like, dude, you can't move on from this shit. It's in the fucking White House now, man. Like, there's no yeah. moving on from this. We can't ignore it. It's not going to go away if we ignore it, dude. But. There's just a lot of people who seem to have taken that attitude, and it makes me really, really concerned. It makes me really concerned, to the point where I said to my family tonight, it was like, look, you're not going to like to hear this, but I, I, think, I think it might be wise if we double down back, you know, <laughs> tighten, tighten the quarantine back up a little bit, because, you know, even we have sort of been, you know, wear the gloves, the mask, all that, you do all the steps, but go out to the store. Before it would like I would go maybe once every ten days. Now it's like every three or four days. You just kinda of get used to it. So it's like maybe we need to 
maybe we ought to tighten this quarantine back up a little bit because uh, and nobody else is. <laughs> and it stands to reason that this we could see a big a big pop off on this in the next couple of weeks. I'm afraid you're right. And uh, the thing that that you have to keep in mind is it won't be quick. It, it takes a while. It, it takes a while for right. people to get infected and for that to become manifest. All those things will be uh, slow. Uh, we uh, do have to sort of uh, keep vigilant. But yeah, the idea that uh, this is done, uh, I think reality is going to intrude and, and hopefully um, we'll be able to figure out a way to sort of do this without having too much of a loss of life, which is, but I, I agree with you. I'm very, very concerned about the, the indicators we're getting uh, from the higher ups about how we're going to proceed. So it's, uh, oh, it's a pickle. I mean, the, the decisions are not easy. You have to, in fairness right. to the people who are charged with, with doing this, that, that this is really, really difficult. Uh, I think there's an air of unreality about it still. Uh, but like you said, hey, it's in the White House. Right. Nobody's going to hide from this. And, and that's maybe what we need to remind ourselves. But you know what was interesting is there was a, a report that people who were reportedly sheltering at home uh, were, in fact, getting infected. And the, yeah. the question becomes then, you know, like, well, is sheltering in place uh, even effective? And I guess the first thing we have to figure out is, you know, were these people at, at high risk? And then what did they do, uh, if anything, that might have put them at risk? Like you said, at one point you were 10 days before you had to go out, and now it's every three days. And if you don't believe these viruses can get you, uh, all it takes is one application, you know, one, one mistake. And, and you're, yeah. you're off to the races. So, But that was interesting. I, I think the other thing that maybe people are disappointed by is a feeling that we would stay away for two weeks, we'd have this, this stand down, and the virus would, go, would go away. away. And if you, right. But you notice it didn't happen anywhere. And uh, in China, they really took uh, strong measures. You know, they basically shut down Wuhan and everything else. And uh, they, did, they were successful, but we can't muster the same thing here and i'm not sure that we'd want to it just hasn't succeeded to the degree i think that people were um, ready to put up with and i think you're right fatigue fatigue is set in all the way across the board um okay so i want to try and stay on sort of a somewhat of a schedule here so Let's take care of the listener questions he got sent in. John Randall sent in, too. He sent him in last week. We didn't get a chance to do him because everything went haywire. My only critique, John, is I like all the detail, dude, but the, you, you wrote me too much to read. Um, so you make them more punchy, folks, if you're going to post a question. But here's – I'm going to do my best here. He says, uh, dialysis patients, though their autoimmune system is compromised during the flu season – we, my partner and I, both in the nephrology field for 30-plus years, saw very few full-blown cases of the uh, – he doesn't have a uh, – I'm going to assume he means coronavirus. Saw very few full-blown cases of the – maybe he means flu. Of the flu, I'm going to assume, during the flu season. Yes, no, full-blown cases of what? I have no idea. Uh, during the flu season in whatever dialysis unit we were working in. Granted, all or most of our patients were vaccinated, so we must have meant the flu – unless they have an allergy to eggs, chicken, etc. Wondering if that might have to do with the dialysis filtering process through the artificial kidney 
and also wondering if this treatment might work or has worked for those who end up with acute kidney failure due to COVID-19. Did you get all that? Uh, interesting okay. idea. Uh, it could be that, that the uh, vaccine succeeded this year. I mean, you know, each year is a different story, uh, and a lot depends on the average age of the patients uh, because you get to a certain age and the vaccine, you just don't respond to it like a young person would. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the, the question about I think what he's getting at is, is uh, uh, with uh, dialysis, would that help uh, people recover? I mean, is he ascribing the re- relative resistance uh, to uh, the viruses or a relative resistance to viruses that they observe to uh, process of dialysis? And I kind of doubt it. I, I, I don't know. Uh, one of the things that, okay. that COVID uh, uh, messes up, though, is, is kidneys in people. They, they have a lot of people who end up on emergency dialysis. And I don't know that that helps them. But, you know, by that point, maybe it's just not possible to tell that they're already – uh, in such grave condition that uh, even though it's helping a little bit, we couldn't see it. But uh, I haven't, I have not seen anybody discuss that anywhere. I don't know. I don't have a, a precedent for that off the top of my head. I, I just don't know. Okay, let me see the next one here. Um, all right, let me see. Okay. CPAP machines instead of ventilators. Do you feel that using CPAP machines is a better idea as opposed to using ventilators for those who are breathing compromised as it is less invasive to the human body? So he knows that it's a case-by-case basis, but he wants to know your thoughts. Yeah, in fact, I think that was uh, uh, like the last ditch. If we ran out of ventilators, let's try CPAPs and let's do something to get more oxygen in there into the patient's lungs. Uh, As it turned out, Ventilators weren't necessarily the, the limiting factor that, uh, you know, when we got into the, the really heavy, I don't know if you we can recall, but one of the things that uh, New York was so worried about was total number of ventilators, and they were projecting what they were going to need and how they were going to use them and everything, and, and uh, the projections were not quite uh, the same as what the reality turned out to be which is yeah. typical for this virus. You know, we've never seen this before. It does its own thing. And, uh, you know, we're worried about ventilators, and, heck, what we really needed was more dialysis machines. So go figure. Yeah. Uh, okay, number three. Do you think that COVID-19 could possibly become something like shingles or herpes uh, as it may stay in the human body but flare up intermittently? He, you know, he concedes that nobody knows, but he wants your thoughts on that. It would be um, something that it's the, the herpes viruses, the things like shingles, chicken pox is a, a form of herpes virus. They actually integrate themselves uh, into uh, basically the, the genome uh, neurons. And uh, uh, this guy doesn't seem to be structured the, the same way. That said, however, there seem to be some people who are, are chronically infected who carry, uh, who have what appears to be a COVID-like syndrome for weeks and weeks on end where they have fever and signs and symptoms. And, uh, yeah. I can't recall if they specifically tested positive, but I think at least one patient did for something like 54 days. So um, maybe there's a, a, a sort of a, a state of chronicity, if not a true latent infection like the, the herpes viruses, herpes simplex and varicella zoster virus can do. Um, I, I don't I wouldn't bet on that uh, you know in terms of latency and returning from latency 
Uh, but yeah. chronic infection, we might, when people are infected in the millions, we might discover that there's a, a low rate of, uh, of chronic infections and people that just can't seem to quite clear it. So uh, yeah. I'd, I'd say that's one of those things that we may discover with uh, observation. But a priori on first principles, no, I would not predict that. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see what uh, what really turns out. There you go. All right. Zach Farr wants to know, with the reopening of most states in the last week to week and a half, we've already seen an increase in overall numbers of cases from his understanding. I believe that's correct. However, considering these seemingly non uh, – let me start over. However, considering the seemingly long asymptomatic but infectious period, when might we expect to see a very large spike in cases and hospitalization one week from now, two weeks from now? What's uh, I think it's like two weeks. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I heard – I heard it was kind of like two weeks, and I've heard people saying, like, now keep an eye on Georgia because they opened up two weeks ago. But what's the, you know, what's, what's your what's your feel on that? Well, if we if everybody was synchronized, you know, if we said, okay, go and, and go out and get infected, uh, two weeks might be a good answer. But our problem here is that uh, some people are going to not go out. Some people are going to go out immediately. Uh, some areas will be very different than others. So it may take a bit longer to really know that, oh, yeah, it's definitely coming up. So I would say it will be a matter of weeks, uh, Georgia being one that probably want to watch uh, because they're, they were quick, you know, quicker, uh, slower to, to start restrictions and, and quicker to kind of start to relax them. So uh, uh, this is where we have to kind of go case by case. But I think th- this is what worries me is that it will be a slow evolution. And it'll sneak up on us, and then all of a sudden we'll go, oh, Jesus, there's a lot more than we thought. Uh, it's it's the sort of thing that, uh, if you're an epidemiologist, probably keeps you up at night, or a public health authority. It's like, oh, my God, they're out there, they're out there. But where? Yeah. You know, so, uh, but, yeah, I think weeks. And uh, one, one thing to keep in mind, the great wild card is uh, how do the public feel uh, that when businesses are open, are they immediately going to come and um, be business as usual? And from what polls and things I'm seeing is that I kind of think it'll, it'll take a while before people feel comfortable. And uh, so the, the business will be down. Restaurants will be um, not very profitable right. for a while. And this is another problem. I mean, it's like everything, you just have these cascading sequences of bad events, one feeding into the other. So anyway, Back to the idea, I think we're, we have to really sort of uh, imagine that if we've all started on May Day and uh, when the federal uh, guidelines basically ended uh, a few weeks into that, so maybe May 21st or so, we'll start to see some right. but, but nothing, you know, no, no huge spike. There's not going to be a big uh, fire alarm go off, and we'll all know. Uh, it's going to take uh, a good deal of uh, surveillance. And, again, the weak point is our, our testing protocols and abilities to, right. to test. Um, one thing we have to watch out for, though, is as we apply more tests, we are going to get more positivity. And so we don't want to uh, freak ourselves out uh, with a, a false positive on there. We have to be really careful to tease this out. And I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. that the uh, authorities will be a little careful about that one, too, I, I hope, anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, that depends on where you live, because uh, I know you shared a link with me about Arizona. They didn't want the data to be shared with some scientists, and in Florida, they're very, 
circumspect about the number of deaths there and it's or the number of cases and stuff and it's like that part is just luckily I live in a state where there aren't that kind of those kind of shenanigans going on um but if I lived in one of those places I'd be really concerned because again it's like ignoring this thing isn't going to make it go away not not telling everybody how bad it is is only going to make it fucking worse so yeah. to me, uh, the, the, it's a very concerned about these places that, and it's even coming from the federal government too. I mean, I, I mean, I have a feeling within the next few weeks we're going to start seeing the narrative that the official numbers aren't aren't what they seem, and they're already seeing that in fringe corners of the internet. Um, but I think it's going to make its way all the way to the White House, and that's going to be part of the narrative that that, that there's overcounting. And and there may be some overcounting, but at this point, we're still in the tens of thousands of people dead, dude. Even even if even if ten percent were over, even if ten percent was the overcount, it's like okay, fine. Well, we're we're still over seventy thousand people, man. So yeah. I think there's going to be yeah. a lot of shenanigans here, which is worrisome because we're not at war with uh with another country or anything. It's like we you can't outsmart. I mean, you can only outsmart this virus with medicine and science. You can't outsmart it with with obfuscation and and uh, art of war type techniques. It's just not going to work, man. I agree, and it, it is um, something that I think. And again, now we're really projecting about what might happen in the future. Uh, my worry is that uh, for uh, whatever purposes, some people are sticking their fingers in the dikes trying to plug leaks of information, and behind the dike is coming a tsunami, and eventually everybody's going to know it, uh, no matter what you try to hide. Uh, <clears throat> we don't want to go to that point, and I hope that uh, uh, I'm correct in, in assuming that nobody wants to go to that point. But um, I, I do believe that there will be enough people out there who would look at the data and say, no, 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 this, this doesn't add up. And by the way, the state of Arizona, they were, were not going to give data. We're actually going to take data back from the, the um, university people who were modeling. That uh, has been uh, uh, pulled back. They've changed their minds on that, which is a good move. So uh, public scrutiny and public pressure can make a big difference here. And I, I don't know what, you know, if they can uh, persuade the Florida authorities to make changes, but uh, uh, having people basically saying, no, this, this is wrong, keeping your eye on it. Uh, right now, Tim, we're at a point where people are going to have to make their own hard decisions, you know, yeah. about do I want to go to get my hair cut? Do I need to go to do whatever. And if I do, should I, I wear a mask and, and, uh, you know, or this place requires me to wear a mask. So uh, should right. I go in, you know, or protest and we're going to have to make decisions and, and I hope people make good ones and wise ones, you know, but it's not over. And, and I know we're all sick absolutely, it, but yeah. it's, it's going to take a long time. Yeah. People need to, uh, be in for the long haul. And Zach Farr asks, uh, his other question, uh, do you see any possibility that we do not have another lockdown period before the end of the year? Um, that's, I mean, that's a matter, you know, we could really get into that. It's kind of it's what I talked about before. I feel like 
uh, in a lot of places, they just won't stand for it. They just won't stand for it. They won't do it. So, so like, if, if uh, I mean, unless it's an absolute disaster, right? Unless, yes. and even then, even then, they people won't do it. So, I think what you were saying just now hits on kind of what I was. It's funny because you were saying that, and I was looking at Zach's question, getting ready to read it, and you kind of read my mind in a sense. Because if there's any sort of lockdown, it's more likely than not going to be your own personal lockdown. You're going to have to say, all right, I've seen, I've seen enough of what's happening. Like, like I said earlier at the start of the show, you know, I have a feeling things are going to get bad in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I think personally it's time for me to tighten up the fucking quarantine a little bit because I don't want to be out there now that more people are out there and the chances of getting this thing are higher. But that's my choice. Um, they're talking about up and up. Yeah, they're talking about opening up the state uh, here slowly, starting in a couple of weeks, starting to lift this stuff. So I'll see how it looks in a couple, <laughs> in a couple of weeks. But as far as any kind of mandated lockdown, I think I can't. Like, I think that ship has sailed. I don't know any, any very many people who once we <laughs> once we let them out, it's going to be hard to lock them down again. What do you I think? I agree. I think. I think you've absolutely hit this nail on the head that uh, uh, I think it would take unmitigated, you know, four alarm, five alarm disaster type fire, you know, and everybody can see it before we'd be able to pull it back. And if you notice, one of the things I haven't seen, but maybe maybe somebody has is as we've gone forward in terms of, uh, of opening up, there's never been a, a strong discussion about, okay, now what would it take? What's our threshold to clamp back down? And uh, I haven't seen any numbers put out, uh, and maybe they are. I just missed them. But I've uh, been looking. But, uh, that, I think, is telling. That I believe you're right, though, Tim, that it will be so hard to pull it back in, in the situation where it's half a disaster, you know, or it's yeah. clear that there's a big problem. But I think it will be really hard. To uh, to throw people back in the lockup again, so another yeah. factor, you know, make make good decisions and stick with them. Stick with them because it's not going to be like, okay, I just have to do it for another week. We're talking through the summer. I don't know what the fall holds, but I, I'm very apprehensive about that. And part of it is we will not know until we get there. Uh, but this thing seems to be just chugging right along. Um, okay, now uh, my friend Ren Collier sent two two questions. One one is a long article about uh, the need for urogenital tract monitoring in COVID nineteen. So I'm going to send this to you, and we'll, we'll, we may have to punt that one to next week because uh, I don't quite understand that one. So I just oh, sent I it think to you this is like Twitter. the I suspect nature he's talking article. about something. Yeah, I like this article story that was in nature. Found out. Yeah, the guys, what's it all about? Uh, these viruses. Well, the, I think if, if this is what I'm uh, on, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, some viruses like Zika and Ebola get into certain areas of the body and hang out there and stay viable for a while. And with Ebola, of all things, it turned out it was hanging out in the uh, fluids of the eye, internal fluids of the eye. Uh, and they yeah. discovered that these kids showed up with cataracts and it's like, oh, my God, there's virus in there. Uh, with Zika. Zika virus uh, can, in fact, be transmitted as an STI through semen. And I, I have a yeah. feeling that uh, we're going to find similar things with this virus as well, 
The reason I say that is because this is not just a respiratory virus. This guy gets into tissues. It is a full-scale attack on the body in a lot of different sites, and the virus can end up causing a lot of mayhem. So, yeah, send me that paper, and we'll look at it. Uh, but I'm gonna yeah, I sent it to you. That's what it's about. Yeah, Ren said this may be some, something of the takeaway. He says this shit is getting more and more like the plot of Utopia, which I don't know what that means, but uh, not only does it cull the weakest, it possibly can make the healthy sterile. So there's something in that Ooh. article that gets that po- point across. Ooh. Yeah, so check that okay. out. The other story okay. Ren sent to me is uh, – and this is the last question of the night. This is a good segue into, into – uh, for the folks who have been patiently, patiently waiting for us to talk about Plandemic, we're going to get to that in a minute. Um <laughs> Because uh, he was asking about, did you hear about this story with the guy in Pittsburgh who was, it was a murder-suicide, he was killed, um, and all, all the like reports were like, he claimed he was on the verge of a major breakthrough with coronavirus. What, that, what exactly that means, um, like, I don't know if we'll ever know, but it, 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 was all, it was reported in a very conspiratorial fashion, even in the mainstream media outlets. They were like, this guy... This student or doctor who said he was on the verge of a breakthrough uh, had, was murdered by a dude, and then the dude killed himself. So any, a murder-suicide a murder suicide with a guy claiming that he's on the verge of a breakthrough is like textbook conspiracy theory type material. So it's like a building block of, of, of any good conspiracy theory. So, I mean, I don't know what to make of it. It would be nice if we knew – more specifics about what he was specifically looking at, and maybe we can discern what this breakthrough was. Um, but it's just kind of weird. And I mean, you know about the Russians <coughs> falling from windows. I've heard uh, yeah. regarding the Russians falling from windows, though. I don't know where I heard this, so I apologize, folks, but you can probably Google it and maybe find out. But the, I heard one person say that it may not necessarily be that they were murdered, but that the situation in Russia is so untenable, and we don't know about it because we're here in America. Uh, I mean, I saw a report somewhere where somebody claimed that the cases in Moscow were like four times what is out to the media or what we've heard. So is it, is it, one person speculated, uh, may have been informed speculation, that these guys just can't, you know, some of them are – some of them reached some kind of breaking point and, and, and killed themselves because uh, they were so overwhelmed by all the dying around. We've seen it. We saw that here in America. I mean, one of the doctors here is, yes. you know, God forbid, don't, you know, I, I hope nobody yeah. else does. This is the obligatory, like, if you need help, call, you know, call the, the suicide line or uh, reach out to me or Tyler or anybody, a friend, a family member. Don't, don't ever, you know, don't ever do that kind of thing. But that was that's kind of one theory I've heard with the uh, with the Russian doctors. So, but to go back, what, what do you think of this this story with the with the guy in Pittsburgh? Well, we'll have to see the specifics in that. You know, what what was exactly was he working on? Was this just something that he mentioned in passing to another person, or uh, you know, do people in his lab group? And usually, people in your lab group know what other people are doing. Uh, classically, right. you have meetings and you talk about that, so somebody would know. Uh, you know, like, oh, yeah, this is really unfortunate because he, he just discovered, uh, you know, a new remdesivir analog, just to throw something out there, and, and I don't know if it has yeah. anything to do with that. 
But, you know, your point about uh, mental health with the healthcare professionals, there have been a lot of uh, articles talking about the next thing will there be twofold. One is that a lot of people who survive being intubated, being on a ventilator, as well as uh, will require some sort of psychological counseling, but uh, yeah. also uh, the people who are caring for them. Because what we're doing is we're running our healthcare people to exhaustion and beyond. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of PTSD point. there. Yes, and, and, you know, at some point you, you just can't take it anymore. You collapse, and this is one of the worries about you want to be careful about how you marshal um, the um, stay-at-home stuff because you don't want so many cases to come so fast that you've got people working 24 hours a day feel like they can't go home and just and, and running themselves absolutely into the ground. So I, I don't know what the conditions are in Russia. They could be very different, Tim. You could have hit it right on the head there that uh, their working conditions could be really grim and uh, maybe people just can't really uh, handle it. The stories I saw implied that uh, some of the people who, uh, or at least one of the people that did that, had run afoul of the authorities by complaining about lack of supplies or something. Yeah, I've heard but, something you know, like that. Getting, yeah. You get into sort of a conspiracy theory, like, okay, yeah, they want this person rubbed out. I would think after a while... Um, that trope of falling out the window, even even people who were murderous would think, yeah, maybe they're going to catch on to that. You know, we should stop yeah. doing that. Well, it's probably like it's probably like one of those toothpaste commercials where it's like one out of three dentists who fell. I mean, one out of three Russian doctors who fell out the window were were murdered, <laughs> but the other two weren't. You know, so who knows? Yeah. But it's uh, it's pretty wild. Uh, um, I think that's it on the questions. Uh, if I missed anybody, send me your thing next time. The problem is, like people mention or say shit on Twitter, and then a week goes by and I don't, I don't notice it later. Um, uh, I think okay, we got, I got all the questions. You got something? I, I have a question. Yes. Yes. Yeah. With Zach. Oh, okay, well, I got another one to bring up, but you go ahead. Zach's the one that made you the mask, right? No, Jim Vujovic that- made the mask. Jim. I was saving okay, the mask I, talk I till later, that. but you want to talk masks? Let's talk Dang. masks. Well, he's got to produce that commercially. I told him that, but he said uh, he said it's hard to uh, it's a hand it's hand stitched. It's one of a kind. I don't want him to produce anymore now because now mine's worth a lot. Cause everyone loves it. <laughs> okay. And he didn't number it. If okay. he had numbered it, I may have to mail it back to him so we can so we can stitch in like 001. <laughs> so at least I have the <laughs> the original. Uh, for okay. folks who it, haven't it really seen it, it was nice. I posted it on social media on uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Jim Vujovic, the incomparable Jim Vujovic, the incredibly talented Jim Vujovic, uh, created a mask for me that uh, is like on one side it's it's Bigfoot. It's kind of like a hipster Bigfoot, and the Bigfoot is, is actually has the bandana. So even the even the Bigfoot is ready to go masked, which is really a cool little detail. Um, uh, yeah, so like on one cheek it's the Bigfoot, and on the other cheek it's uh, a UFO taking away a, uh, a cow, and it's really detailed. It's fantastic. It's really, really, it's it's artisanal. Yeah. It really is something else. It, I'm gonna. It really is. I don't know when, but I'm gonna share that on the Coast to Coast website, Jim, uh, because I I I think people really get a kick out of it. It's uh, 
My I ha- my mask envy is over, dude. I'm inflicting mask envy on people all around me now. <laughs> well, it it what well, it's a piece of art. I agree. And I looked at that yeah. and I thought, wait, oh, wait, there's there's quite a bit there. So I don't know how he did it, but it was very impressive. Well, you know, it's that kind of brings and I, I think I think we have Lobo on the line waiting to come on, but Lobo can just wait a minute, I hope. Uh uh, while we sort of come to an end of this this line of thought, but um, it's interesting. What what kind of bothers me, in a sense, is look it. I get, I get if you're pissed about they, them saying you got to wear a mask because that's the law now. That's how it is here, which is kind of irritating. Even though even though I will wear a mask, it's it's just like human nature. Well, I don't like being told what to do, but but I'll do it because I know why they made the law. And, but there's other people who refuse to do it, and it's like part of me is like, look, if you don't want to wear a fucking mask, I think you're I think you're a turd. But that's your that's your right to do. Um, you're gonna have to deal with whatever problems come along if they try and find you or anything. That's on you. It's kind of like if I see somebody litter, right? It's like, oh, man, you shouldn't litter, but I I don't litter. You shouldn't do it, Um, but it's not my place to get in your face about it or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm not one of those people. So, but here's where it bothers me, right? (laughs) What bothers me is the maskless people getting in the face of the people with the masks. It's like, just mind mind your own business. I I realize it goes both ways, and the masked people are... Are doing it too. What a fucked up world we live in, Tyler. That we're <laughs> that we're reduced yes. to two factions of people: the masks and the non-masks. But that's that's what this fucking disease has has brought to our doorstep. But to me, I mean, there was a guy. He told a lady she couldn't come into the store in Michigan, and she came back with somebody, and they shot him. It's like, what the yeah. fuck, dude? Just if you don't want to wear a yeah. mask, that's fine. Like, I, look, at, I wasn't around for this, Tyler. But, like, when I go to any store, it says right on the fucking door, no shoes, no shirt, no service. I, nobody was freaking out when they made that fucking rule. You, you know? You didn't see people going, well, the hell with you. I'm coming in barefoot. It's like, that's just how it works, bro. No shoes, no shirt, no service. No mask, no service. That's Get used to it. You can't smoke on a fucking plane. So these, these, are, these are the rules. Follow the rules. And if you don't want to follow the rules, okay. don't get pissed if you can't participate in society. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, what was that? Well, no, did, I, did I go too well, far with that? With that? <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. Uh, but let's do the math on this. If people wear masks, it's primarily to prevent the spread. It's not, it will protect them a little bit but it also helps the rest of the people who haven't been infected yet if they happen to be pre-symptomatic uh, and are releasing virus. So for me, when I go to Safeway, for example, I wear a mask out of courtesy for the people that have to work there who are, in fact, yeah. wearing the masks and gloves. But this, to me, it's, it's a profound lack of, of respect for the, the working people who are, are there and have to be there, you know, yeah. Uh, so yes. we we need to take care of them. But you know, I would also say, for the people who are so offended that I have a mask, it's like this is to help you. 
more than it is the right. meat. You know, it's you're killing yourself. You're cutting off your nose to spite your face, uh, and that's just abject stupidity, in my opinion. You know, I guess yeah. I have talked to people who have a diametric opposite opinion. I don't understand it, uh, but the no shoe, no no sh- uh, shoes, no service. That's a health regulation, as indeed right. this is as well. Exactly. And it's like, again, I, I know of people who really don't want to wear the mask, and I get why they don't. It sucks. Um, yeah, I don't either. But, it's hot. Yeah, it's hot. It's uncomfortable. Um, you know, I have to do all my speaking with my eyes, which is difficult, Tyler. You know how I am. But the the uh, I'm sorry. I just got a mental image of. Exactly, oh, okay. yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's. it's it's frustrating to me. It's like it's like the opposite of mutually assured destruction. It's like mutually assured protection, man. It's like I'm doing my part, you do your part, that's cool. And again, it's like if you don't want to wear a mask, fine, don't wear a fucking mask, but then don't complain when they fine you a shitload of money. Or yeah. don't complain if they won't let you come in the store because that's their fucking right. At least the store. I understand there's issues involving – I understand people are kind of pissed where it's like how can they make a law that – if you're not wearing your mask, and there may be very well be legislative issues surrounding that, where it's like the governor can't just say everybody has to wear a mask or you get fined $800. People could probably sue or probably be tied up in courts. I don't know. You know, it's that's, that, that's a whole other tangent of stuff that I don't really care to talk about because it's, it's like it gets, <laughs> gets in the legalese, <laughs> and neither one of us are really, uh, you know, ready to take on that kind of thing. But I just think... Uh, the people who are angry, the people who don't wear masks that are angry, the people who do. I mean, I've seen things where they're like, "Oh, you're a slave. You're 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 bowing down." It's like, get just get out of here, dude. Just get out of here with that nonsense, man. I yeah. chose to wear this yeah. mask. I chose to fucking wear the mask. So, if that if you don't want to wear one, fine. But get out of my masked face, bro. That's that's kind of my yeah. my thoughts on it. Uh, all right, so let's. Oh boy, we got now the now the the phone lines are lighting up. So let's get Lobo in here. Lobo, my brother from another mother. What's going on? Welcome back to uh, Banal of America. Long time no chat. What's going on, brothers? Hey, Lobo, how, how are you, doing? you, man? Thanks for tuning That's in. Good. Thanks for good. calling in. No problem. What's new and exciting? I hear there's some uh, some rage going on over wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's not rage; it's, it's just frustration. You know? No, no. I mean, like, it's, I yeah. I I'm more. Just, I'm more like. I mean, I like I said, it's like I'm less. I'm less rageful at the people who at at at, at people so much as just the weird dichotomy of it all, where it's just kind of like, can't we all get along? You know, just can't we well, like not? Well, we we know, know not experience that that's not a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People don't get along <laughs> because people don't want to listen. Yeah. Yeah, uh, tell my yeah. ex-wife that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, Lobo, can wow. you get your voice any higher? I can. You're having a hard time hearing you. Can you get a little louder? Uh, how's that? Uh, you're getting better. Yeah, yeah. Better. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. So that was kind of my thing. Well, maybe Lobo can jump in here uh, and and join us on this. Next uh, stop on the good ship Corona oh cast. Ah, no, no, no. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, Lobo's on Facebook. Tyler, you're not on Facebook. Uh, no. So today, so, okay, so let's back up. So a couple days ago, I started seeing this video popping up Lobo. on my Facebook wall over and over and over again. People were sharing this 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 documentary. And the, and the crazy part was it was not just people. I'm friends with a lot of interesting characters, so it's who believe a lot of strange things. So to me, it was it was like not not just some of those folks, but then I was seeing people I went to high school with, people I went to college with, sharing uh, pandemic, which has God, become this viral sensation over the last uh, few days. It's like the new Tiger King. Um, it uh, makes as much sense plan- as Tiger King, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Plandemic. And and literally, like I said, you don't really know how – I guess if you're on Twitter, so you'd probably experience this uh, in that way. I didn't see it as much on Twitter, but, you know, you scroll down on your feed of posts, and it was just every every picture. Every every time it was this picture of this lady who was the star of, of Plandemic, and at the top, you know, it's somebody I went to high school with or college with or one of my – Flat Earth friends, or uh, or UFO buff, or or a Bigfoot person, being like, very interesting, thought provoking, worth a watch, and it was like, no, what the fuck? So you know, I watched a little bit of it, but anybody who's been in this business long enough can see what's going on. It's all it's all like fear mongering, conspiratorial mongering stuff, with the ominous music. And these intense claims of of uh, victimhood and silencing and 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 threatening and that kind of thing and uh, we're giving you forbidden information. I mean, it was so textbook uh, conspiracy garbage, really. And of course, but but I'm a honest broker, so I looked up the lady and I looked up her story, and none of it adds up. And thankfully people who had more time on their hands did deeper dives into it and posted all kinds of background on this lady. And I think you know uh, who she is. Let me see here. Uh, yeah, Judy Mick, uh, Mikovitz, or Mikovitz is the star of the Mikovitz. movie. For folks who haven't seen it, I don't encourage you to watch it. It's, <laughs> it's uh, personally, I think it's kind of like a brainwashy thing. It's very one-sided, let's put it that way. It's, it's an interview. A guy interviews this lady and she tells her story, and she puts forward a lot of crazy uh, conspiracy theories regarding uh, COVID-19, the pandemic, including at one point apparently saying that uh, there's microbes in beach sand. Uh, let me find that quote here so I can, so I can read that to you. Yeah, the, you the you've got sequences one. in the soil. You've got sequences yep. in the soil in the sand. You've got healing microbes in the ocean in the salt water. So – She's saying there's healing microbes in the sea and the sands oh, of the beach. Boy. That's yeah. And the uh the incomparable Anna Merlin, uh, who's a, an author, she wrote um shit, I don't have it in front of me, but she uh she's an author. She writes for Vice now. She used to write for Jezebel. Uh oh, conspiracy let me see, Republic of Lies, she wrote. Republic of Lies, a fantastic book about conspiracy <laughs> communities and stuff like that. Um she and she wrote a lot about the anti-vaxxers and stuff. She was the perfect person to dig into this. She wrote a, an, an exhaustive uh, look at pandemic 
and I shared it on my on my Facebook wall. And the title of the thing was "Plandemic is Dangerous Viral Nonsense," which is exactly what I think. Um, and all I said was, for all of my misguided friends on here who filled my feed with "Plandemic" over the last few days, dot dot dot, and then the link. Really didn't really. And then I had to get it. It caused a it caused a furor on my Facebook page with people fighting. I had to get in mixed up in it too. Um, just a lot of fighting and, and angry uh, arguments from people who who are uh, edging more and more into this conspiratorial bent when it comes to this. That's That was a very long sort of setup for this discussion, but that's kind of where we're at. I, for for long-time folks who've been in this crazy field for a long time, it, it strikes me this is like the loose change of the coronavirus pandemic. It's this movie that's getting passed around by people who were like, oh shit, here's the real story. Um, and uh, a lot of the stuff that's going on or is pretty uh, stuff in the movie is pretty pretty suspect to say the least. So, with all that said, Tyler, I'm under the impression you're familiar with this doctor. So, oh, yeah. uh, smarten people up about the lady, about the star of Plandemic. Well, she's uh, been... Oh, I think 2009, over 10 years ago, she created a sensationist. Uh, Mikovits is her, her name, uh, Judy Mikovits. Uh, and what she did was uh, they uh, found what they believed was evidence that uh, there was a virus that they named XMRV, xenotropic marine leukemia-related virus, uh, that was perhaps uh, the cause of um, – chronic fatigue syndrome, and, and now we call that myalgic encephalomyelitis. But uh, mm-hmm. it created a sensation. And she got this published. She was not um, really uh, silenced, but quite the opposite. She got her story, the research uh, story, published in the premier journal uh, Science. And, uh, and, of course, it just created all kinds of uh, interest because it's phenomenally, if, if true, it would have been phenomenally important. And because this was such an important story and uh, a little bit controversial right at the outset that there were people that said, no, no, some things don't add up here. But because it was so important, chronic fatigue syndrome is absolutely god-awful terrible. If you've ever seen anybody that has it, you know that this is something that's just horrible. Uh, So people were desperate for solutions. And the, the import would have been, if this is a retrovirus, it was possible that we could have revamped some uh, therapies that we used against HIV and perhaps help these people in very short order. So, you know, they were ecstatic, as you know, would be reasonable. Uh, the other thing that's very interesting is that uh, the blood supply itself might have had these agents in them, if true, if true. Uh, now, because it was so uh, potentially important, uh, everybody latched onto it, but people began immediately to try to reproduce it, and that's where the problems uh, really began to mount. So what ultimately happened was there were a number of studies uh, uh, funded, which she participated in, as I understand it, uh, uh, through the auspices of uh, uh, the Human Health Services. Uh, Anthony Fauci, I think, was uh, the person overall in charge of, of funding this. Yeah. And they went ahead and they tried to to figure out what went on. And it turns out that it was a, a, a rather subtle contamination event. And so the, the unfortunate part 
for people who were so hopeful for a, a potential treatment, not a cure, but at least a treatment of uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, their hopes were dashed again. I mean, we tried so hard to link viruses to this. Uh, that's, and, and she seemed to, I think, accept the findings, at least initially. But somewhere along the line, things have gone wrong. Uh, her career kind of hit the skids uh, in terms of other uh, problems that we don't have to go into. But it put a, a large number of doctors, clinicians, in a very, very difficult position for a number of years because their patients knew about this. Of course, you know, it was, it was promoted. And they were kind of caught in the middle. It's like, well, should I do an off-label of an antiretroviral therapy, you know, give it to this person and, and say, well, first do no harm. You know, it's probably not going to harm them. But some of these, these antiretroviral therapies themselves have dangers. It's the same thing as the chloroquine story. It's pretty good, yeah. but not for everybody. And so you, you possibly, and indeed, if they had gone ahead and done that, they would have subjected the patient to all the risks of side effects with none of the benefit. And so this is the, some of the danger of uh, getting too quick on the trigger with uh, some of these treatments. So, um, uh, you know, there's lots of them out there. Uh, Victarvi, Truvada are out there uh, now, but uh, they're not for everybody. And uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's not a trivial thing. It's not like taking an aspirin. And, and, you know, even aspirin can hurt some people. So it turned out that, no, uh, it couldn't be really, um, really verified. And somewhere over the years, uh, she's kind of, gone into some new territories, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. We gotta spread this stuff around. Let's put it on the internet. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Great heavens, what kind of radio show is this? What irritates me is like, people have this uh, either-or attitude, and it's like, she's a whistleblower, she's... Tell, you know, she's she's been ostracized by the community. It's like, look at dude, like she's been ostracized. It's like I'd rather listen to the doctor who's part of the fucking association of doctors, man, not the person who got kicked out of the doc the doctor association, dude. It just seems to me, uh, you know, and to me, it's like there's no one's look, no one's hiding some cure, some cure for this, man. I sorry, I just don't really believe that. It's not like she's being depressed. She's millions of people saw her video. So if if her if her theory is correct, whatever the fuck it is, walk around the beach in your bare feet, um, <laughs> then 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 she'll get the Nobel Prize in six months because everybody will be cured well, of the think, coronavirus because they put their feet in a bucket of sand. Yeah, yeah, if, God help me! If only it could be. If only it could be. Uh, oh the, my the thing God. you have to keep in mind is when she got that the first science paper published the reviewers had they had some reservations and uh and they went ahead and and uh, went back to the, the group and said okay you know what about this and, and you can't just argue your way out of it and it, eventually uh the editors decided to publish this because again if true it, w it was sensationally important and so the journals like science and nature they're always kind of on the edge they want to have these important stories, but they also have to try to make certain that they're as good as they can be. Uh, but she, you know, she got the benefit of the doubt at the beginning because possibly what she said was uh, really going to be of uh, major importance. And unfortunately, right. uh, it didn't turn out that way. 
So I would say that's the opposite of suppression. But anyway, that, that was peer review doing its thing. And it was pretty good. It was pretty on target. Uh, but they did give her the benefit of the doubt. They did not squelch anything. Exactly. So if she was right, she would have got the Nobel Prize back then. So it's not like she's oh, I think so. a victim here, but she paints herself that way, and people are falling for it. And like I said, that video was really slickly produced. It's, a, it's Anyone who's seen any of these car, uh, conspiracy movies could see it coming a mile away with the ominous music and – uh, this is the revelatory nature of what she's about to tell us. It's like, I'll oh, get the fuck out of here. Like everybody, you know, anyone who's been in this field long enough has seen this a million times, dude. But people I went to yeah, high school really with like... and and college and shit, they don't know. They don't know this is this is textbook uh, paranormal conspiracy. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't call it propaganda, but uh, something along those lines. It's pretty close. Yeah. There's there's a there's another side to that too though that uh, you know puts a, a darker meaning to it. You know, uh, Dr. Fauci was associated with this in the beginning with her, so his name was thrown in there. And there's a ton of people that just don't trust him because he's part of the deep state against you yeah. know Trump. So you know he's uh, he's been put there, and everybody that's going to go after this woman is a marked agent that wants to smear her name and she's a truther yeah. and you know the the normal shit that goes on with this nuts. I mean <laughs> it's I, oh, I mean I, I literally I, I it came up in my feed. I've been fighting this for like every every direction. Like people have articles that were supposedly written by by uh uh accredited scientists. They're completely made up. The scientists have to come on and say I never said this. I send them the article that shows that it was completely fabricated. They're like, well, it's still interesting. Look at, no, it's not. It's not. It's as right. yeah, yeah. It's watching a Mr. Potato Head on fire in your front yard. It's bullshit. <laughs> right. So, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it all goes down the same way. I mean, either you, either you want to know information or you want to be blinded by bullshit. It's, it's amazing to me. In this day yeah. and age of, like, we're supposed to be the fucking enlightened generation. We came out of the dark ages to not have to deal with this again, and we're going right back towards it. It's infuriating. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Now yeah, we're getting some rage uh, out of Lobo. Now you see how I feel, Lobo? <laughs> well, that's, I, yeah, that's kind of easy, you know? I mean, Lobo's it's an easy very target. very true, Tyler. <laughs> I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, the thing that, that you hit on I think is very important is uh, Dr. Fauci and, and people can can latch on with their own agenda and, and make yep. it conform to that. And that's, I think, part of what we're seeing here is, is uh, he was, in fact, in, in, uh, uh, involved in some of the studies to replicate the original work that Dr. Mikovits had. Uh, that is true. But other uh, sort of complaints about him that Dr. Fauci and, and Robert Gallo who was right there at the beginning of the HIV uh, discovery process, um, she alleges that they tried to basically take credit for some of her foundational work, as she put it. And I don't think that's – and I don't think it fits with what was known where, about where she worked. But anyway, um, these, are, these are interesting allegations, and they're, they're, I don't know where they come from. She's got so many. There are so many allegations, you know that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, is, and that's is, the point. 
where you're like, lady, you know, enough with the. It's it's all very victimhood. I mean, I'm a threat to the system, that kind of thing. I mean, how these people are are they're a dime a dozen in this crazy field. It's always like, well, if your shit's if your shit's so crazy, how come, like, if they're trying to censor you, how come a million and a half people have seen your fucking video in 48 hours, lady? And like, they'll never be able to get it offline. It'll just keep re popping back up again. Now, uh, Zach Farr in the chat wants to know. Uh, he's noticed this, that they're sidelining Fauci and the other doctors, um, you know, at these events. What do you think of that development with uh, Fauci being being sidelined eventually? Uh, essentially, excuse me, essentially. Let's ask Lobo. You think that's part of the deep state <laughs> yeah, thing go. coming back? <laughs> I think it's the fact that uh, every time the person that's supposed to be in charge opens his mouth, uh, the doctor has to do a freaking head slap. He, he, he yeah. literally, uh, you know, and, and it's all about optics because, you know, this guy's supposed to be the smartest person that ever lived. And, you know, I mean, anybody who knows me knows my opinion on all of this. Right. <laughs> so we try I mean, not to get it, into it, like too much, too much bashing on the show, even though we all feel kind of the same way, I think. So, but yeah, you know, I know exactly what you mean. You know, it's 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 the fact that there's somebody there that actually knows what he's talking about. The guy's been an accredited doctor and scientist since the Reagan administration. Yeah. So he doesn't have an agenda be, uh, between party lines. He's so the only thing it can be is the president says one thing, the doctor says the opposite that has actual proof behind it. He looks bad, right. so now he's going to be sidelined. But yeah, it's definitely That's a deep what state. It seems like it's to gotta me. Be. You know, one of the things that that he did was, um, well, this is in the early '80s, I, with the Reagan administration. There, there was a reluctance to to really get uh, active against the uh, HIV situation, and Fauci was able to kind of um, steer the administration or steer the activities in the right way. Uh, and he had, you know, there were a lot of people who uh, were very critical of the slowness, uh, you know, act up for one. And, and, and those groups did a lot of good by drawing public attention to what was, was going on. Uh, but Fauci managed to, to steer the ship in the right way, even though it didn't want to go where in terms of uh, medicine it needed to go. So he's been, he's now, been let me ask pretty you successful. Tyler, let me ask you this, because uh, Zach Copley brought up a good point and. uh I, I forget where this came up, maybe Josh Cutchins' page um, on Facebook. But uh, he wants to know your thoughts, or I guess any of us, because um, I have thoughts too, on Fauci's contribution <laughs> to the gain-of-function experiments at the Wuhan lab near the wet market where SARS, SARS-CoV-2, Zach Copley, so, so, uh, so specific of you, SARS-CoV-2. Uh, you know, because the, the, for people who aren't familiar with this, uh, I'll give sort of the – thumbnail rundown based uh the everyman the dusty roads version of uh what this gain of function thing is the idea was that they want to study they wanted i don't know if they're still doing it to study these these coronaviruses that come from bats to try and figure them out before something like this would happen and i think they were trying to like induce them uh so they could study them and the and it was a debate it was a scientific debate over whether or not this was a good idea or not, and Fauci was on the side of it's a good idea. We want to get 
uh, ahead of this thing if it ever comes up. Uh, and now it has come up. And the question is, was this a colossal mistake on the part of Fauci and that group of people? It's not unlike the idea of, like, uh, genetically genetically modifying babies or something. It's a very controversial, hot-button topic uh, that really is a nuanced thing that each side sort of has legitimate points to. So, to me, Fauci could have been really, really wrong about this, but in the same way that uh, someday we may be like the dude who invented AI. That guy was a crazy ass. Now we now we're slaves to robots or whatever. It's it's, it's one of those weird do we or don't we debates. But Tyler, you're a man of science, so talk about this gain of function experiments that were happening at the Wuhan lab and how Fauci uh, was a supporter of all that. Well, you know, way back on Project Archivist, we talked about gain of function, and it was about mm-hmm. influenza. And that was yep. that was a, a big controversy, uh, boy, 2010, 2012, around that era. Uh, but the idea was that this is the one way to understand uh, what these pathogens might do uh, in terms of uh, what we could use for surveillance is saying, oh, yeah, when we see this change out there, we know we got trouble. Now, I know that in China they were, in fact, uh, cooperating with a, a group uh, partially funded by the uh, National Institutes of Health, uh, where they were looking at these coronaviruses and uh, going out, surveilling, catching them, uh, characterizing them. I didn't know that they, or don't know if they were doing gain of function, uh, but it certainly, um, you know, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't. Yeah, I'll that. send you the link. Uh, uh, Copley had a link here to a, a Newsweek article about it. So that was my understanding that Fauci. Supported it in general, uh, the gain of function study. It, it could be, and and so yeah, it's one way to know what's going on. But uh, as Lobo and and Ro and I talked about, uh, those the gain of function studies uh, for the pathogens is very controversial, and uh, generated a lot of heat. And we just only recently kind of came to terms with how they would be done in the U.S., what the laboratories would be permitted to do. And uh, some of the rulemaking, we weren't allowed to see. You know, the public wasn't allowed to comment on it, sort of, sort of secret. And that got people distressed. But gain of function is, is uh, it's done. We do it all the time, by the way, for vaccines. When we make flu vaccines, yeah. we need viruses that will grow in eggs, so we've got to get them to grow better in eggs, which causes its own problems. It's not quite the same thing as getting something really deadly that can go airborne. But, uh, right, yeah, right. people, gain of function has been on the radar of people for a long time. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be interested to see the article and see what uh, what they were allegedly doing or doing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who has kids running around in the background, but mute, mute yourself. That's, you that's my daughter. <laughs> all right. That's my youngest. Right. You know, doesn't well, give when, a shit about when, me until I'm on the phone. Uh, isn't that always the way? <laughs> Now, Zach Farb in the chat brought up a great point. Um, this was something else. This is kind of the benefit of doing the show every two weeks and why we may start sort of spreading these out a little more because uh, uh, like it, it's not like the good old days of the coronavirus when shit was hitting the fan every day. Now it's more like the <laughs> things are going nuts. It's a slow boil now. Um, but this really kind of shook me. Uh, and I think it shook a lot of people, and I'm sure you saw this, Tyler. What the hell is going on with the kids in New York 
Now there's some kind of weird disease they're getting that they think is related to the coronavirus, and they're getting sick with like some kind of rashy. Uh, at least they know what the thing is, but uh, they're getting they're getting sick now, right? What's what, what the hell's that all about? It to me, it looks like um, a vascular bed attack. With that's why they have the red rash. And again, remember this virus does a lot of things. It hits a lot of organs beside just the, the lungs and the upper respiratory tract. So it's a highly capable pathogen. And keep in mind, it's believed to be numerically rather uncommon, okay, rare, that we think in right. general kids are pretty tolerant. Uh, but this is the power of these agents. When you have things that can infect a million people, you can find all of the panoply of things, that, of horrors that these viruses can inflict. So it is possible, and again, uh, not fully established, it is possible that this is a manifestation of what was for a long period of time a silent coronavirus infection in these kids that then suddenly comes through. And the, the one that they talked about on the news that I saw, this kid basically had heart failure, a heart attack. You know, and everything right, was, right. He was pretty okay. So uh, yeah, there's scary, a correlation man. here. Scary. We've got to get we've got to get down to it to full causality, you know, and that means I'll have to to check. Either um, it may be too late to do um, the actual uh, diagnostic test, the PCR test, but they may end up uh, using antibodies and say, "Yep, there it is." You know, a couple of weeks later, there's the telltale sign of an infection with this agent, and we'll do a correlation. You know, so it'll it'll take a while, but yeah, it's just it, it's crazy, and it, this is the hard thing to to point out that everybody's eligible. The, the virus is going to uh, infect just about anybody it can get, and we have 330 million people who are sensitive to it. We yeah. can't let that thing get uncorked. We, we just, it, it's not a good idea. Well, there's two, two things kind of came up this week. Uh, I lost, I lost one of them in the ether here. Maybe we'll come back when I talk about the first one, but the, I get the, there's a part of me, I've been watching this, obviously. We've been doing this show for eight weeks now, nine, I guess, if you count the lost episode. But uh, I just got kind of a really creeped out feeling today uh, when they did a press briefing at the White House, and now all the reporters are wearing masks. And I, mean, I understand why, obviously. I went on that mask rant earlier, so I'm not like, hey, what the fuck, man? But the point being that it just kind of creeped me out because it's like, this feels like things should be getting better. Uh, it, that was not, to me, an encouraging sign that things are getting better. It was uh, a worrisome sign that, that we're adding more layers of protection here. Uh, and that just made me concerned. I don't know uh, necessarily if, uh, if any of that makes sense. The second point I was going to make, this may be more applicable than something you can speak to, Tyler. And this kind of is what you were saying earlier about... Uh, people getting infected even though they don't go out anywhere. I heard on the news tonight, I almost fell out of my chair in just terror because uh, they were like, well, so now now is there a possibility with all what we're seeing now, is there a possibility that this could be traveling through air vents? And I was like, what, you know, like what the fuck? I can't take this. I can't take any more of this fucking COVID, man. <laughs> like now it's traveling through air vents. Like what? Pretty soon they're going to be like, yeah, there's a cloud of COVID passing over Poughkeepsie, so everybody stay in your fucking house. Like, how? Like, what is going on with this thing, dude? 
well, let's go back to SARS. And there were instances where in apartment houses, people got infected apparently through uh, plumbing vents and uh, drains where the, the little uh, swan neck thing had dried out. Uh, this is excreted. People will excrete the virus in fecal material. And so it, it, it can get into the plumbing. Uh, in fact, that's one way uh, it's proposed now to track this, is uh, going to sewage plants and just uh, catching the viruses. And that's actually a common way of doing viruses uh, like uh, that will go through the GI tract, like polio. It's a, a tried-and-true technique to uh, keep tabs on them. So, yeah, Tim, it, it's possible that it, it is creeping through the, the ventilation system and that this is going to be, you know, a lot more like aliens than it is uh, the Dustin Hoffman movie, you know, where we just did yeah. it right now. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a damn mess. I mean, there's so many ways that this can happen. And, again, we don't know. We're just speculating about people who have, have been infected when haven't been traveling very much. But much right. – much hinges on your personal situation. Are you in a freestanding home? Are you in a big apartment building? You know, all those things factor in. All yeah. It's immensely uh, complicated. Yeah, like oh, I said, it's it, bleach. Yeah, exactly. Or injected, even better. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Great idea. What the fuck? Well, that's the thing. Like, I... I <laughs> Just, yeah. I mean, well, like I said, the, the thing that gave me the heebie-jeebies was seeing because I've watched all these press conferences, and now all of a sudden they're wearing masks. And like I said, it's like, well, what, first of all, does this mean they should have been wearing masks weeks ago? Probably, but at the same time, it's probably for optics. Yeah, that's entirely possible too. To encourage everybody to wear masks and stuff, and be like, well, we're not above that thing. But even the lady who, uh, Kelly McEnany, is the press secretary, she wasn't wearing a mask, so it's. It's not even again. It's, not, it's this. Yeah, it's a it's a very left and right thing, which is ridiculous. Um, about whether you're going to adhere those, to yeah. what the medical people suggest. All those damn liberals. They want to kill everyone. That's what it's all about. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know. It's okay. funny. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's uh, it's worrisome. Yeah. But it seems like uh, Zach Copley points this out, and we talked about this a uh, weeks ago, uh, Tyler, on the show. <laughs> And I've, I've said this to people, too, in not so many terms. He says uh, if he thinks that we've adopted, maybe surreptitiously, maybe the federal government's adopted, maybe they've, I think they've actually, honestly, if we look back on it, I think they probably have had this attitude the whole time and didn't want to say it. But it feels like they're they're leaning into this U.K. approach of the herd mentality thing, and it's terrifying. But the more you look at it, you look back, it's, they dragged their feet. There was no national response to this. If there, whatever national response there was was inadequate. I'm sorry, but there, it was inadequate, Whoa, man. Sorry. I mean, I, I've been saying for weeks on this show, Tyler. You know, the na- I never got my national lockdown. That that would have. Uh, there, there's been no coordinated national response. It's been this fractured thing where everyone's on different timetables, and uh, you know, it's just worrisome. Really, really worrisome to me because it feels like. Uh, the government's just throwing up their hands, and if you're lucky enough to live in a place that gives a fuck about you, like uh, like Massachusetts, New York, Illinois, <laughs> Michigan, the places where they're getting hit hard, and and protesters are getting more and more pissed off. Um, you know, I don't know what it's like down in Connecticut. I think you're probably part of a uh, part of the enlightened states too, uh, Lobo. 
Well, um, I wouldn't get well, they're kind of taking it cautiously. We got, <laughs> we got quite a few dumb fucks here, let me tell you that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Great. They had protests yeah, here. They are. had protests here this week, so it's like they're everywhere. The yeah, people who so can't. I mean, what gets to me is, uh, and you know, you always preface this with the thing where it's like, look, I understand you need to get back to work because your your business is failing and you're running out of money. Those people, I can totally, I empathize with their plight. But to me, it's like the people who just don't want to do this anymore for no reason. They just don't want to do it anymore. It's like. It's just so frustrating, man. It's just so frustrating. Yeah. It's like these, these the people, people with, with, uh, where's the where's the where's the where's the American character, dude? You know, we never would have survived the fucking blitz. It. No, yeah. you're seeing the American character. That's the problem. These guys are preppers, yeah. they can live in a fucking hole in the ground, but the minute they need their fucking haircut or a fucking golf <laughs> trip, they lose their goddamn minds. You know, they right. have 500 pounds of dried beans and canned food, but heaven forbid if they can't get their goddamn manes clipped. Jesus, <laughs> fuck. I mean... Right, right. I look like I, a bully right now, but I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, chime in here, because Alice, Alice Bischoff, Alligator's a dear friend, and she says, and I, I, I see her point of view. She says, I'm thinking, we can't keep doing what we're doing, the lockdown, so what's the alternative? I think we have to just go back to work, and what happens, happens. Well, like, uh, she's like, because we can't just keep being locked down, and and I, I understand that perspective, um, and I don't, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't want to be one of those people. that's like, oh, you want to kill my grandma and shit. Um, so I, I mean, because there's people that react that way, and I don't, I don't think that's not a productive way, I think, to talk about this, because uh, it's just some no, extreme point of view. Uh, and I think I think she's right. I think I actually do think, sadly and begrudgingly, she's right. And I think like we have to do something. So we'll try to reopen the country, as they say. And to me, it has to be done smart. Yes, it has to be done smart. It exactly, has to be done that's the problem. Agent. There's been no coordinated national response, and the coordinated no. national response that there was. It was issued on a Thursday, and the following day, the president advised all of his he, – he, he told all of his followers in three different states to march on their capital and disavow the very national response that was issued. So um, – and, and that's a fucking fact, folks. So that's, that's a fucking fact. And so to me, it's like there's been no coordinated national response, and now we're pretty much, as Zach Farr says uh, – we pretty much went seven weeks, and now now they're just like, well, you're on your own. You're on your own. Yep. We did it. We did it. We gave yep. it a shot, and now you're on your own. So it, we're gonna have everyone's everyone's gonna have to deal with, you know, they say all oh, this new world. Well, we're gonna have to deal with what we're going into next, and what we're going into next is severely, severely hampered by the lack of a national uh, response to all this, a coordinated national response. You know, it was disappointing that the CDC recommendations were shelved or would never see the light of day. That that was interesting. But I think Lobo hit it, do it smart. And and if you look at it, a lot of the locations, at least where I am, they're trying to do that. Like the restaurants have to have a certain amount of space. We have uh, mm-hmm. shields for people, uh, requirements for masks, uh, limitations as to how many folks can be in a store. So, you know, we need to, to hold to those. 
Uh, and yep. so that's sort of, you know, like there's a difference, but, and I think a lot of people are doing the black and white. We either do it or we don't do it. We need to have something in the middle that protects us a little bit better. And hopefully we can, we can manage that or stick to that. But, you know, to get to the yeah, idea yes. of herd immunity, you know, we talk, you mentioned that. They're just going to let it go. Yeah. If you go ahead and, and look at the numbers, let's say we have 25, 30 million people infected right now. Let's be very, very liberal with that number. We will end up having 10 times more casualties from the virus, minimum. And because I say a minimum because when this thing – roll, everything goes wrong. You can't, you know, heart right. attacks can't get treated, all these things, because we're, we're overwhelmed. And then after we do that, let's just say we say, all right, yeah, let's get 80, 90% of the people infected, and then we'll have herd immunity. How long will it last? How long will the immunity last? Nobody yeah. knows. And so you right. might go no. through all that, have all these bodies stacked up, and then go, oh, yeah, herd immunity doesn't really work. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Zach Copley, the inimitable Zach Copley, pretty much summed up my thoughts in a way here uh, in the chat. He says, the idea should have been, the idea should have always been temporary lockdown so we can stop the growth of new cases, then use testing, tracing, and isolation to battle hotspots. It's, that's, you know, that is, that is, we've, we squandered the time that we bought with the lockdown, much like they squandered the time they bought when they shut down the, Flights from China. Not like that did a hell of a lot of good, really, when you analyze the information that we know now. But still, it's, it was this temporary. Oh, we're gonna have a lockdown. And there was no plan. There was no. There was never any. There was never any plan for how to get out of lockdown. Uh, so it's it's so it's really frustrating. Like I said, folks, I started the I started the show tonight pretty frustrated uh, because people people are starting to. You're getting fr- everyone's kind of fucking frustrated, man. Everyone's frustrated about this oh, yeah. stupid fucking virus. Yeah. Well, Lobo, do they have? Uh, you're working, right? You've been working. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm working. So do they? Do you have restrictions and masks and things that no. you work, or is and, it really where I work? No. Only because oh. there are two of us there. That's that's it. Oh, okay. But uh, the restrictions that are in place, I work in a. I work in a like a it's five thousand square foot building and there's two of us. So, uh, but there's across the hall from us there's another group of people that work. There's only four of them there. The pallet place behind us has twelve employees. They all wear masks while they're while they're working. But like at like the grocery stores and um, like there's. There's nothing but takeout food. You can't go in any restaurants. You can't right. go in, you know, it's it's all That's takeout. That's what it's like here in Massachusetts now. too. Yeah, it's, they're doing the same they're doing the same thing uh on the 20th. The restrictions are going to be raised for certain restaurants where if you have the ability to eat outdoors, you can have people eat outdoors with social distancing. Uh certain like the golf courses are open here. Uh but you have to have a certain amount of people on the course. There has to be, you know, splatter shields where there's money involved. Because the company that I work for, we also own a golf course a few towns over. So, you know, you can have, you can have like 40 people on the course 
it's a nine hole course, so you can have four groups, you know, four a foursome in every hole, but they have to be staggered. You can't let the people go out. And they're supposed to be wearing masks, and the people that are going out on the greens are like, well, we're outside, we don't need a mask. Yeah. So yeah. you're like, yeah. all right, great. You guys are being stupid. You can still get sick. I don't understand why you're being so fucking dumb. Well, yeah, that's the problem too. People are gonna, people are starting to get a little loosey goosey on this. So that's why I said earlier, it's like maybe, as we've discussed, everybody's on their own. So maybe I'm thinking I'm gonna crank my, crank my, uh, crank my quarantine back. Because the nice part when we first started this, Tyler, I remember we were like kind of laughing about it and stuff. It would be, I would go so long without going to the store that. Of the five days would pass, and I'd be pretty sure I didn't get sick or anything. And I'd be like, all right, now I'm playing with house money. Now I'd have no idea. It's easily been. Uh, well, I've been good this week, but I think I think the last time I went to the store was on Saturday. So I've passed. I've, I'm back in another window of of, uh, of feeling good about things. But I'm going to have to go out this weekend to get stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, but it's we're doing, we're, we're kind of doing the, the Zach Copley method, you know, or what Lobo described, uh, in that we have some structures out there to help. You know, we're not completely uh, out of the, of, okay, uh, out of control, even though maybe some people are. And that's where I'd say, you know, use your best judgment about is it really safe when I'm out here on the green with uh, these four people or whatever uh, you're doing, yeah. you know, is that really safe or could I, you know, could I be subjecting myself to a risk and would a mask save me or not? And it may not. This is the other thing is that just because you got a mask on doesn't make you invulnerable. Right. You got to, exactly. got to use that brain, you know, but I think Zach's point, Well, there uh, lies the rub. <laughs> yeah, there, exactly. Exactly. Some people are just not going to do that. But I, I look Mm-mm. at what, you know, Zach's point about no plan going in and no plan for exit. I think that's very telling that, that with yeah. all this time, we couldn't come up with that. You, you couldn't see that coming. And, and maybe that's what they're doing now, except that we're already into it. So, geez, God help us. I got some breaking news here. Uh, Roy Horn of uh, Siegfried and Roy has died from coronavirus. So, yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, very sad. Yeah. Is he the one that got attacked by the tiger or not? No. I think the other one got attacked no. by the tiger, right? Yeah, it was the other one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was Siegfried. Poor guys. Yeah, it's – it's yeah, like I said before, people – everybody has their own thing in this, man. And I try not to get really pissed off at too many people um, in all this, except for what I think people are, who are going over the line. Uh because people who who need to get there are people who are really fucking hurting. That's that's the that's the crazy. I mean, people need people people are, can't feed their families and shit. So yeah. those are the people yeah. I feel really bad for. The people who just want to go get a haircut and shit. It's like, dude, just let just wear a hat, man. Come on. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna reconstitute Duck Dynasty. So oh, Judas Priest. That's, yeah. Yeah, well, Tyler, gonna... I don't know. I don't. I haven't seen really many pictures of you or anything, but the I know a lot of people who are. I, I've got a I've got a Corona beard going because I don't go anywhere, oh, yeah. so no one's going to really. And I wear a mask, so even better, they don't even know I have this this patchy. It's actually coming in nice now after like three months, but 
My my biggest uh, complaint about having to wear the mask is I was at Shoprite, and the woman that checked me out asked me if I wanted to use my discount. She thought I was a senior citizen. That's, uh-huh, my that's great. <laughs> no, it's not great. Welcome that means I look world, like I've been son. dead a week. That's not good. <laughs> Only a week. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I was being kind. <laughs> Sacrificial lamb. I'm the one giving tribute every week for my family here. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. God. Yeah, Lobo. Yeah. Somebody, uh, Zach Clark just pointed out in the chat. Now you you can uh, you can partake in the golden hours now though. You can you can go to the supermarket <laughs> early. Just wear your mask and they no, won't stop you. I would you. rather eat a bag of razor blades. Thanks. I don't want to be surrounded <laughs> by that. So I'm all set. You'd be no, able to zip around you, no. in there, dude, because all those old people go slow as shit, so you'd be able to, like, fly around the store. You'd be in and out in, like, five minutes. Yeah, and they don't follow oh. the fucking arrows on the ground either. Oh, they just, don't, oh, don't even God. start. Dude, you, oh, I went back dude, to the even... grocery store. Oh. I went, yeah, Tyler, I went back to the grocery store. I, I was I was really good about the arrows this time. What, you can get you get used to them. You get used to them. But there are people who won't, who still won't, uh, do anything at all, and it's just very frustrating, no. man. It's very like no. to just participate in the and process, be a part of. And don't even get me started on the people that wear the mask and they don't even cover their nose. I'm like, what are you yeah. doing? What in what the world? Yeah. Where did that come? Yeah. Well, it's hard to breathe. It's going to be real hard to breathe if you're dead. <laughs> it's just <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. It's it's wild. Oh my God! What other uh, shits going on here with coronavirus? trying to think of what's happened in the last few weeks. We bitched about it like a lot tonight, but we've covered a lot of ground too, so it's a really a wait and see thing. I mean it's just wait and see. It's a very strange uh experience, all this. It started out so fast and furious and now we're in like quicksand of trying to figure out how the fuck we're gonna get out of it. And it doesn't well, look very I'll good. I'll tell you that the interesting um situation, although in kind of a, a a really macabre sense is where and how will it play out in the White House? Because we we have a, a couple of people in the administration now, uh, the valet and then the um, communications person for the vice yeah, president. Yeah, and there's a rumor. I don't know. Let me see what the source was. Uh, yeah, there's another thing came out about a half hour ago while we were on the air. Document reveals Secret Service has 11 current virus cases as concern about Trump's staff grows. So... Um, you know, we may see an outbreak in the White House. Well, uh, actually, we're so seeing it now. Worry. Well, yeah, I guess yeah. we are seeing it now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but we are worried, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Uh, just it's like it's going to be Yeah, classic. I'm not going to say, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything that'll, <laughs> that'll get me any visits, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> But to me, it's like, well, well look at dude. We talked about this. If you're lackadaisical about this shit, then then you're gonna this, you have a higher chance of getting it. That's what we've established. And so we've seen we've seen people going to mask factories where everyone's wearing a fucking mask and they won't wear a mask. And it's like, well, then, dude, that's 
that's like textbook how you get this shit, dude. Come on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But the, you know, the thing that you mentioned about uh, today at the press conference, all the people had masks. Yeah. What do you think that indicates? Yeah. That they think exactly. that, it's, that it's in the in the air in the system there. For people that don't like masks, it's a it's an all hands on deck moment, isn't it? I mean, that's how I remember. Right. Right. Is that is that? Whoa, they got religion in a hurry, and uh, uh, things just got real because it's right there. So again, but, may, hopefully then nobody will end up uh, really seriously ill. But there's no predicting what this agent will do. It's not like the flu. I'm telling you, it is not the flu. No. No, nah, dude. This is like the uh, creepiest. There's a creepy. There's a whole creepy factor to all this. That's like, it's so mysterious. Uh, I think that's why people cling to these things like pandemic and shit because it's so mysterious that they can't quite fathom how this has happened, and so it has to be the work of some nefarious forces. Uh, but it really, it's it could very well be a natural thing that happened, and now we can't quite. Uh, <laughs> Someone in the chat room says this has been the biggest hoax of the century brought to us by the Democrats. Wow. Oh, cool. Well, you know, I it would be very much like the Democrats to pull off the greatest hoax in the history of uh, the human civilization and rope in uh, Italy and China and have all these countries and the NBA and Major League Baseball go along with it. But somehow they can't win the presidency. So it's a very – it's quite the dichotomy here. They they can't they, they use can't, their power for evil. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, uh, but not the yeah. Ul- not the ultimate evil. Not to not to take over the presidency, but just to, uh, just to hurt all these people. So I guess if you're a Q if you're a Q follower, you believe that kind of thing. But uh, sure, I don't absolutely. think people act act like that. So we should talk a little bit. People have asked. Uh, I I also hate how this has been politicized, uh, Copley, and I'm trying not to. You know, I'm trying to see everybody's point of view as best I can on all this, but it gets difficult as the camps get more entrenched. Uh, I don't think I don't think personally that necessarily that any of this was inflicted on anybody on purpose. I think that's and I don't think it's a hoax either. Um, so to me, it's, it would make it makes no sense if this was some kind of weapon because too many people. If China did this to us, then they just lost like their best customer. So. They also lost a lot of their workforce. Yeah. So, yeah. Didn't work out so well. But, you know, I think the the hoax thing maybe reflects the idea that there's an unreal (laughs) quality to viruses and that until you really see somebody get it and really get laid low by it, that it's kind of not really easily visualizable or believable. Now, I, I look at all the stories from New York and I'm going, wow, I don't want that to unfold again, or any place else, you know, that's enough for me. But everybody has a different threshold of what qualifies as reality. And so I just wonder if the hoax thing can hang on because it it is kind of hard to to get your head around, as you were saying. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's people in the chat room who are are, uh, conspiratorial-minded about this, so I'm not really – I'm not – so we won't really need to entertain too much of that. Uh, we'll see what happens, man. You know, we'll see what happens. It's a, uh, it's a wild, it's a wild ride. It's a really wild ride. See, that's the thing about about viruses when they spread. 
you know, even like Ebola, we had the Ebola outbreak. We had first the first round of SARS. You know, it's not until it passes and we get more information and we actually see the numbers, when we see the body count, when we ha- know what the viral load actually was. That's when we'll understand exactly what happened. And even then, there'll still be questions. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we you do know, our best. But... You know, we're looking at numbers and, and don't take them as absolutes. And I think we did mention that uh, a lot of people are, are dying, but not in the hospital and not with a diagnosis, but they died of COVID. It's tricky to count how many people die of influenza each year. And what is typically mm-hmm. done, the way that it's often quantified, is that, yeah, there can, be, there can be diagnoses. But a lot of times, influenza, the deaths happen a few weeks after the actual infection. And so they'll look at, um, they call it excess deaths. And so you can see about the actuaries know about how many people in any given um, period of time will die. And when flu circulates, you see that spike up. And we'll be able to do some of that on a global scale with uh, COVID, the excess deaths method. And that'll probably be the way that we get, you know, our our greatest sort of uh, most confident, uh, I guess, final estimate of what the story was. Uh, But it won't, the story won't be written until after it's all over for sure. That is uh, for sure. Now, we got another call on the line, an old friend of mine. Uh, so, John from Dallas, Texas. Miss Shelby. Oh. Shelby, it's what's going on? Is, Long time no chat, buddy. Just, he wants to talk to you, Shelby. He has no time for me. One second. Um, oh, his, uh, well, Shelby you said Shelby Ford. would be calling in, and now I've gotten the golden voice of Steve Ray. What's going on here? Are you, is, this how you, <laughs> is this how you Trojan horse your way into the fucking show? <laughs> that's how, yeah, that's how he does it. <laughs> Holy shit! What's going on, Shelby? How are you, buddy? Oh, good, good. How are you? I just called to say hi. Oh, okay. Well, I I don't have the coronavirus yet, so it's all good here. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I've been worried about you because it's crazy over there. That guy that you had on is bad. Really interesting. It's bad here in Massachusetts. Now, I had a question for you. You you work in the dental field. Are dentists allowed Mm -hmm. to work yet, or no? Um, some places are open for emergencies only, and some places are closed. Um, but uh, Texas, you know, I'm in Texas, so last week they opened things on um, Friday. Um, so places are starting to slowly open again. Yeah. So. All right. We'll see how so that goes. I mean, you know, you are won't you? know until no, no, but you won't know what happens with that for you know what two three weeks because it takes right, so yeah. long to get sick. So. I mean, I guess we'll find out in a couple of weeks if that was a good idea or not or what. Yeah, we'll see. Are you going back to work right away or are you waiting it out a little bit? No, I, I'm I'm waiting. I think it's smart. I'd rather wait, you know. Yeah. If you can yeah. wait, you should I mean, wait. That's how I feel. You yeah. know, if you can't yeah. wait, I feel bad yeah. that you can't. Like, no right. one's begrudging someone who has to go back to fucking work. Like, that's no, totally understandable. Yeah, Sucks. and that's the thing. Like, yeah, it's... Yeah, hard balance, you know, people have to work and can't go to work or people being laid off or fired. One of my friends is a travel agent, and they fired her because that was the only way she could collect unemployment. Yeah. Um, Yeah, just crazy times, man. Yeah, man, scary, you know. 
I yeah. see these people and protesting. Then, like, the Maybe 1918 this'll... flu, oh, my God, Tim, the 1918 flu, there was a huge second wave that killed, like, way more people than the first wave, and I'm worried about that. I'm worried about the second wave, too, yeah. It could be bad, man. It could be bad. Yeah. Yeah, especially if people um, are like, oh, it's fine, it's gone, and start running around, it might be, like, two times as worse, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's worrisome. It's worrisome. And like I said at the start of the show, people seem to be like acting like let's just let's just pretend this is not happening. And it's like, dude, you can't pretend it's not happening. It's happening. Uh, the sooner we all get on board with this thing happening, the sooner we can get to the bottom of this. Right. But it's it's frustrating. Well, you're being safe out there yeah. though, right? Oh yeah. How about yeah, Steve? Is Steve is, what about yeah. Steve though? Yeah, I don't know if he's listening, but how, is he behaving himself? Because he seems like someone who yeah. would. Not just not wear yeah. a mask, but also then want to no, tell everyone why he's not wearing he, a mask and possibly yeah. spread the coronavirus worse than just not wearing right. a mask he's in general. Not as worried about it, especially because he breathes so heavy, you know. Whatever, whatever. Tim knows what he's talking about, or ta- he knows what I'm talking about. But uh, yes, yeah, no, no, he's Steve's, not as worried I, I, about you know. it as I am. But but yeah, he's he's being safe. He's he works from home, and you know he's been yeah, so he's in good shape. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, the yeah. Well, the thing I was saying to somebody the other day, too, it's like these people who were marching on these uh, state capitals with guns and shit, they're not even asking oh, for the so right silly. shit. No, I know. like, why would you I'm go more, there and be like, I'm we want to go back to work? work? Wouldn't you go there and be like, we want universal basic income and health insurance? No shit, like, huh? give no us shit, that. Right? <laughs> like, don't go, really hey, crazy. I want to go get my fucking haircut. That doesn't even make any sense. No. No, they don't want to go back to work. They want you to go back to work. That's exactly right. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yep. Um, And the people who are just like, I want to go back to work so I can make rich people richer. It's like, again, it's like if you have your own business, people understand. I understand why you want to go back to work. If you own a a, a bar or a barbershop or a hair place or a bowling alley. And, you know, everybody's got, you know, they got bills to pay and they have rent to make and, you know, mortgages to pay and all that, but. Yeah. yeah, it's a um, very we're in a real quandary. We're we're in a real quandary yeah. there, uh, Shelby. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I'll let you get going. I gotta start peeling off the layers here as we. Uh, head to right. the end of I got Lobo's out too. All right, Lobo's out too. I'm gonna drop an amazingly funny joke on people at the very end of the show. So if you can keep listening, okay. stay tuned. All right. Wait. All right. All right. We'll do. We'll do. All right. Good to talk to you. All too. right. All right. You. You're going to like it. I love you, Tim? Shelby. I love you, Steve Ray. I love you, Lobo. Be uh, safe out there, one, guys. One thing, hold on. Tim, one last comment? Yeah, you hey, Steve. There? What's up, buddy? Yeah, of course. Hey, I just have one last thing. It's uh, You were saying, like, the people who need to go to work to feed their families, like, those people, I sympathize with them going out, you know, like, going out there. But everyone else, stay the fuck home. But how are the people in the – That's not that's, – that's, 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 that's a bit of an exaggeration, but all right. What's their point? Okay, but, uh, well – uh, the point is that, like, the people who are going out to feed their families, they need customers to be able to feed their families. So I've been going what? out strategically. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I've been going out and, like, tipping heavily at restaurants and whatnot, the restaurants I like and care about. I've been going out yeah, obviously wearing yeah, the tip. mask until yeah. we're down there. But, uh, but yeah, like, like, some of the folks going out to get those haircuts are there to keep those salon people alive. That is the end of my point. How are you? You make a very <laughs> good point, Steve, and you're absolutely right. So I don't. You know, I don't begrudge uh, what you're saying. I think you kind of can see what I'm saying. Uh, that I do. Oh yeah, that, I'm just, that, I'm just, uh, I'm yeah. You're giving nope, me the business. Is, uh, 
you're giving uh, so, me the business. Only as much as you need. Howdy, Tyler. Howdy, Lobo. <laughs> hey, that's a oh. good point. <laughs> this has turned into a fantastic episode uh, with all kinds of fun guests, and the uh, the chat room has been popping tonight with all kinds of folks. Zach Copley, Sasquara, I, I, uh, I can't read this guy's name, jo- Joseph Gibson, the illustrious Jim Vujovic. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't wait to, to yeah. hear it all on the repeat. We just came back from the J2 Steakhouse where you and I met that woman in black. The oh. meatballs are still incredible. Oh. Yeah. Well, somebody we'll made a point like time. this. Steve, uh, maybe you'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for the rest of the folks in the chat room, Zach Farr, Chris Pinio, Alice Bishop, uh, Bischoff, uh, Alligator, we call her. Um, thanks to all mm-hmm. the folks who, uh, who who jammed the chat room tonight. It's been awesome. Uh mm-hmm. Somebody made a point on on uh, on Twitter, and I re- retweeted it. But it's like people – I don't want people to misunderstand. I don't like this. I'm not like – I'm not loving being home, being stuck in my fucking house. Uh, I'm doing this for the greater good. Nobody's I'm – not, I'm not like, oh, let's keep the lockdown down forever because this is awesome for me. No one no – one, I don't think anybody is – I mean, I'm sure there's a small handful of people who probably think that, but most of us are tired of this lockdown and want to get it over with, but we're willing to stick with it um, in part because we can and in part uh, because we think we should. So that's probably – uh, that, that, that might be uh, again, Chloe, I, I don't think anyone thought you were like, uh, yes, yes, the rest of the world shall live as I do. No, that would be awesome if anyone thought that, but I don't think they do. Nah. <laughs> All right, Steve. Well, I'm going to let you go. Lobo, are you out? Yeah, I got a bounce. All right, brother. I'll All talk to you later. Steve, Thanks for joining us. Okay, Lobo and Steve, take care. All right, we, and Shelby, and Shelby. So. And Shelby. Yeah, what take a show care, tonight. Everybody. It just goes to show you the if you do a show every time, every week at the same time, eventually people start just showing up because they know you're going to be there. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was fun. So, I mean, we'll see what happens this week. Uh, it's worrisome. It's like we have like almost uh, to the folks in the chat room. They'll appreciate this. We almost have like a little Paramania reunion here tonight with uh, Jim Vujovic and Zach Farr and Zach Copley and Steve Ray and me. So it was a pretty packed house of uh, Paramaniacs. But I mean, we'll see what happens, dude. I'm gonna try and crank back my quarantine a little bit and and stay in a little more for the next couple of weeks to see where we're at. The frustrating part we talked about this at the beginning of the show last week. Um. Is I mean maybe you can speak to this and kind of talk me a little bit off the ledge, Tyler. But the it's like I said this at the end of last week where it was like oh it's like 150 deaths a day here and it's like still 150 deaths a day. I think today was like 130 deaths. We haven't seen any significant drop in these deaths. We're at like a really unnerving plateau. If we could get it down to like less than 50 people dying a day, I'd feel a lot fucking better about going out to stores and restaurants and stuff. Although the point that I've heard people make is, well, yeah, when you get the curve down, that just means there's a bed for you in the hospital now. So yeah, it's not yeah, exactly like yeah. it, it doesn't mean you're out of the fucking woods, but, but it's demoralizing here in Massachusetts because it's just a hundred, it ranges between 150 and 200 people dead a, uh, a day. And it hasn't changed for like two weeks now. It's like, Oh, I can't take this much more, man. 
the this uh, particular uh, phenomenon of the plateau is uh, really showing us a couple of things. And one is that social distancing works to some extent, but it's not perfect. But if you think about how fast the thing ramped up, the exponential growth yeah. to where we're way at the top, it's going to be a long time leaving, at least the way we're doing it now. And that's because the virus is infectious enough it can still find people. It's, it's in a, a lower sort of infectivity profile, but it's out there. It's not over. Even though the peak has passed, the virus is still cooking, and you have to keep that in mind as you go about your daily activities of living. So, yeah, long time going. That's, that's the way this thing is going to end. Okay. So we talked a lot about masks tonight, right? Right. And uh, I'm stealing this joke from Jay Leno. I heard it a couple of weeks ago when he was on the Bill Maher show. So old man's in the hospital, right? And he's wearing a mask. Of course, because you got to wear a mask, right? So he's wearing a mask. Nurse comes in. The old man's like, are my testicles black? And she's like, what, 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 sir? He's like, are my testicles black? And and she's like, sir, you know, I really, this is really like not my, you know, I'm not supposed to do this. Uh, you know, I'm really not, this isn't my thing. And he's like, nurse, nurse, are my testicles black? So she's like, oh, shit. So she, she pulls up his little nightgown thing, and she looks, and she's like, no, 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 you you, you seem fine, sir. Your, your testicles, they, they seem fine. So he like rolls his eyes, he pulls down his mask, and he said, lady, I said, are my test results back? <laughs> nice. You like that one? Oh, yeah. I thought I'd get a bigger reaction from you out of that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that was like the out. best joke I've heard. I've heard in a long time. Thank you. Yeah, Zach you don't get out enough it. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Farr said, "Pretty desperate times if you're stealing from, if you're stealing from uh, Jay Leno." Now, now we're getting. Yeah, now the chat room is filling up with laughs. So, all right. Zach Coffey says more dirty jokes. I just got that from I just got that from Jay Leno. I thought that was I didn't see that coming at all. I, that that was one of those switcheroos where I was like, "What is he? Where's this going? Are my testicles black?" So yeah, good good joke. Feel 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 free to steal that. Uh, feel free to steal that, folks, uh, and, and use it at your next uh, family gathering if if you can maintain the six feet away. Uh, I think uh, we're kind of at the end here. I don't know what else we can talk about. We'll be back next week for another show, I think. I'm pretty sure we will, yeah. We'll be back next week for another show, uh, the ninth installment. And for the Banal of America listeners, they're not even – I know a lot of them aren't even listening now because people have said this to me, but that's fine. Uh, If they come back, they'll come back. If they don't, uh, they'll find us back again eventually. We'll be getting into – I'll be getting into the paranormal again soon. So I've got an itch uh, to do the paranormal, and I don't want to say like we're back, but we kind of got called into action by way of uh, this coronavirus crisis. And now I kind of would like to sort of uh, spread the palette out a little bit and talk a little bit about other stuff. So there'll be there'll be some paranormal uh, shows, I'd say, happening between now and like uh, the end of uh, June. So sometime. In the next two months, I'll probably uh, roll out a few paranormal shows uh, 
and, and do stuff like that. So, you know, like Jim Vujovic says, uh, this reality is sucking. May as well hit up some paranormal realm. Uh, and uh, Zach Farr, clearly suggesting Joshua Cutchin, says perhaps some spooky paranormal Bigfoot book interviews. So, yes, if if we can get the illustrious Josh Cutchin to show up, we'll we'll try and get a show with him about the uh, the Bigfoot book. Um you know, and do some UFO stuff and, and you know, delve into the uh, paranormal. I'll, I'll fire up the old paranormal machine, and uh, we'll scale this back. But I think we're going to go for a few more weeks doing the uh, the coronavirus roundup here. And uh, and, then we'll, and then we'll revisit it from time to time as this thing unfolds, because I think this is going to be a very a long-term story. Wouldn't you agree, Tyler? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And when it comes to the Corona cast, there can only be one, and that's uh, that's Tyler Coke John as the guest. So we're going to keep this is a, this is like a show within a show in a sense. This is the mm. the Banal of America Corona cast with uh, Tyler Coke John, and and we'll bring it back on occasion. We're going to bring it back next week, of course, and then we'll bring it back uh, for the next few weeks, and then and then keep it going every few months or once a month to update people on what's going on. Maybe. Uh, you know, with guests and stuff like that. But tonight was uh, absolutely awesome. This is uh, this is probably the wildest episode we've done yet, as far as fan interaction. So uh, I yeah, appreciate all the folks in the chat room and the callers and Lobo, who is essentially uh, our guest third third host for the for the evening. So big thanks to Lobo. Yeah, he's done you know, back in that Project Archivist days. Those guys were really following some of these stories. Uh, before they became, you know, the coronavirus story, there were other things that were related. They did a pretty good job of uh, tracking some of those down. So he knows things. Lobo is a sharp, sharp dude, and I hope he gets. Uh, yes. I hope he gets his own podcast rolling out soon. So, but I'm not going to say good. Yeah. <laughs> anything, anything else about that. Um, but, yeah, I'm a big fan of Lobo. Lobo and I are kind of cut from the same cloth. We're sort of that, the salty New Englanders who tell it like it is. And you need more of those people in the paranormal, folks. You absolutely do because there's a lot of folks who uh, they get their minds so open their brains fell out or something like that. You know, there's, there's a lot of that going on in this field and a lot of other crazy shits. So, so. Uh, I don't know. Chris Pinio says, damn it, my neighbor's kids heard that. I don't know what that means. Maybe it was a dirty joke. I don't know. But uh, oh, God, no. good good luck oh. to you, sir, and your neighbors. Uh, on that note, we will uh, pretty much wrap it up. Anything else, Tyler? No, no. I think uh, it was a lot of fun. So uh, Yeah. Uh, it was a circus was tonight, enjoyable. man. It was a circus. Well, yeah, yeah but a good nature, you know, uh, uh I thought Steve's point was very well made and also very humorously done, you know. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm still laughing about that one. And it's always fun to talk to Lobo. And, and, uh, it was great. Yeah, Steve is a interact. Steve is a font a font of wisdom. He'll appreciate that. Yeah, Steve is a font of wisdom. Well, he's, and uh, he's to kind of tie it back, go ahead, go ahead, Tyler. No, he's given us some good perspective. So. Uh, you know, that's what we need. Yeah, he's given us a lot of good material over the last few weeks. So, uh, yes. yeah, on that note, thanks to all the folks listening live. Thanks to the folks in the chat room. Uh, yeah, I tried to rally the troops at the end of uh, the show a few weeks ago. Uh, don't despair, man. Things seem shitty right now, but we're going to 
we're going to get through this. Someday we'll look back on this period and, and be like, I lived through this incredibly weird history, historic uh, event. And um, hopefully hopefully we look back on it and we're older and wiser and, and have stories to tell about what it was like to experience this. And uh, I hope the people who are struggling right now uh, can get the help they need and reach out if you need help, man. Don't be don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help because uh, everybody's hurting right now. So on that note, we will get through this. We will be okay. Uh, and uh, I want to thank Tyler for joining me once again. We did it, man. No, uh, no, uh, no, fifteen minute, no fifteen minute uh, cutoff. So I double and triple checked before yeah. the show started because <coughs> I was terrified that would happen again. All right, brother. On that note, uh, thank you for doing the show, and we'll uh, we'll get back at it next week and, and try and slay the coronavirus once again. Okay. All right. Take care, everybody. All right. Good night, folks. <laughs>